Welcome to Getting to Nimble. I'm Sarah Bariza, a writer and musician. And I'm Bill Smoots, a pastor. Join us on the first and third Tuesdays as we explore how to survive and thrive in the 21st century church. And today we're going to continue talking about our church's responses to COVID-19 and how we are being nimble in this very strange landscape. I have been a church musician all over the denominational spectrum, mainline evangelical Catholic. Basically, if they hire organists, I have probably worked for them. And I am a Presbyterian pastor um, who served called installed positions for about 30 years, 28 years. And, and the last several years, I've been doing interim transitional work in United Church of Christ congregations. And today we are joined by a special guest. I think this is our very first episode with a guest, Emily Stokes. And Emily, could you introduce yourself to us? Sure. Hi, I'm Emily Stokes. I'm the Minister of Children and Families at First Congregational Church of St. Louis, where I've been for about five years. And previous to that, I was a co-director of Children's Ministries at a Methodist church for about four years. And we are all in the spirit of nimbleness, just so everyone has a picture here. Bill and Emily and I all used to work together. Bill is an interim, so he has moved on to, I don't know, greener pastures or something. Uh, but, but Emily and I, Emily I and I work together. working with them any longer. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are, and figuring out what we are doing in this in this landscape, I, I was a. I feel on one hand we are walking up a really, really steep learning curve, and it's just we're trudging along and just all learning together. And then on the other hand, I feel like we're like running down a hill or you know going down the river, and it's just like it's just going and it won't stop. And you better keep running because otherwise you're just gonna fall over. Have you ever run down a sand dune? Ooh, yes. No. No, and, I don't think and, I have. And- you, you get, you, you really just have to keep going and almost going faster going down a sand dune or you're going to just face plant into the sand and that's not fun. No, no. if you wipe out on a sand dune, it knocks the breath out of you. It's yeah. not a good and, place and to be. Is, your mouth and your eyes and your ears are full of sand. It's not pleasant. I've done it. Uh, and, but I, I love, love that image, Sarah, because I, I really do feel like, you know, it's a lot of work we're going through. We're trudging, but at the same time, oh my gosh, it's just going so fast. And I feel like I'm working harder than I have worked maybe since I graduated from seminary all those long, long, long years ago. I think some of this is also that we're in the busiest season of the year right now. We're recording this the week, a few, just a couple of days before Palm Sunday. It's going to come out during Holy Week. Holy Week and Easter is busy anyway. And now it's like, oh, instead of one service, we have like five services that we need to get online. Ah. And all those nice things we had planned months ago to prepare yeah. for Holy Week. Yeah, they're right out the window. Nope. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, when, whenever does planning not pay off well? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> about once in a century. In, in the face of a pandemic? Yes. <laughs> so I can just say there's a pandemic all the time in my life. <laughs> you know, we, we started this uh, when, when we did our first uh, COVID-19 podcast. Um, it was kind of, how do we have to get nimble in a hurry? And, and what I'm finding is that the, it's not just that we got nimble, but we need to continue to be nimble. Um, things that worked 
the first week we were trying to do an online service, um, you know, in, in my case, we were all still in the building. We just stripped it down to uh, five of us. So there, you know, we didn't have the sanctuary full, but we were using the uh, sound and camera equipment we had in the sanctuary to put the service together. And then we closed the building. So, so we had to move everything off site and, and people sitting in front of their computers and, 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 and emailing small chunks of video off so they could be knit together without overwhelming the system. And, and that just continues apace. And, and the other thing we're finding as, as a staff, as, as other people are watching other churches doing whatever they're doing, they're sending us these things saying, hey, here's a great idea for you. And we're having to decide what we can do and in a much larger way, what we can't do. We're really trying to focus on what are the things that are working for our people that we think they can access technologically, that that we think they need content-wise, and then how do we put together a a service or an educational experience that is um, appropriate for the group. Um, I feel a bit like we're looking at a cookbook and there are all these amazing things where people are sending us these recipes like, oh, this is amazing and this is amazing. And you're like, well, actually, I don't have that kind of pan or I don't, I've never done this before and this is on the fly, you know, those kinds of things. And you're like, okay, well, what can I do to get my three courses together, you know? There's so many amazing options. And I mean, frankly, I don't know about you guys, but I'm loving seeing all this creativity online. I love on Sunday morning seeing what so many different churches are doing. I love connecting with all these different church musicians who are like, I'm trying this, I'm trying that. And of course, you know, there's of course a lot of panic going on with that. And at least for those of us who are a little bit more comfortable, are like, okay, try this, try this, try this other thing, you know, hopefully in a helpful way. But it's really amazing to see all the creativity that's coming out right now. I think it's 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 pushing us in good ways. The the one of the things I'm seeing is is kind of a generational struggle. You know, I'm I'm certainly a generation older than than you two, and yet if I hadn't had you two and, and Hannah when we were working together pushing me uh, on on some technology, pushing stuff, you to explore Google, which is a thing. <laughs> Google Drive, Google Docs, all wonderful, oh, wonderful things. Yes. <laughs> A lot about Google Docs. Not I haven't mastered it, but they taught me a lot. But but <laughs> that that I had you all pushing me, and I'm blessed to have that same dynamic on this staff. Not not everybody like you three, but 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 younger folks. Whereas I'm watching my contemporaries, my peers in ministry, and particularly those that are in solo uh, congregations, solo parishes, are just struggling horribly trying to adapt technology. They've got some of a handle on it on it, but they're for the most part, they're, they're having a horrible time. And so I'm grateful for colleagues of multiple generations uh, because I think that's making the transition easier than I'm watching others have it. That's one thing I've been trying to do on my website is making resources available for smaller churches. Not because I don't think smaller churches don't have great staff teams, but so often in a small church, you've got you know, a pastor and a part-time musician and a part-time secretary, and they're all you know, they're not, they're not 29. And they're like, what, how do I do this technology stuff? And it's, you know, I I say that lightly, but it's really, really hard. And it's so much information. And 
you know, I'm, I'm really lucky. You know, I, I've, I've done, I'm, a, I'm so not a techie person. It's funny that I'm like, here, let me give you tech advice. If my husband heard that he would be laughing because I'm so not a techie person, but it's like relative to, it's like, oh, I can do that. And like, I know you, Emily, you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to learn how to do all this video editing and you can, and it's really hard, but you're also like actually able to do that. Whereas I feel like, you know, maybe if you were 30 years older, you'd be like, I, I just, I can't. Right. Yeah. I was explaining to someone the other day that I uh, was helping our current pastor to do a video and download it and then upload it and do all the things that are required of that. And I said, you know, it's really interesting because for me, it's just intuitive. I'm just going to click around until I find the thing that I need. And for him, it's much more difficult. He just doesn't have that. You know, he hasn't been ingrained in it the same way that our generation has. So yeah, it's really challenging for people who don't have that skill level. Because I still don't know what TikTok is, though. Everyone's talking about this, and I'm like, what? Talk tick? I have no idea. <laughs> Even I've heard of TikTok. I mean, really. <laughs> it was something well, that I struggle with, you know, I'm going to push the button and the computer's going to explode, or I'm going to blow up the soundboard, or something like that. And so, so I'm very... Uh, cautious when it comes to exploration. And I, I wish I had more of that. Oh, it's around here somewhere. I'll just find it. Uh, I think older computers were more prone to that. Whereas like computers these days are a little bit more user proof, idiot proof. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit hard to d delete everything. We mean that in the, in the best way possible, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I put myself in that category of like, well, I'm just going to poke around. I'll, I'll see, if, see what I find. This is something that is interesting like all of us have I, i've worked a lot outside of the mainline but majority of the work that i've done i guess at this point in the last 20 years has been in the mainline and for all three of us as people working more in the mainline right now i think we're seeing a shift in, in into the 21st century like i was chatting with one of my brothers the other day who goes to a, a mega church and he was just like you know off ando here's what they're doing and i and i mentioned what we were doing and he's like well i mean you realize like it's a mega church <laughs> It's like an evangelical style megachurch. It's like, yeah, of course you have amazing tech resources here. But I think except for the very biggest mainline churches, like that's not something that most churches have. And now suddenly we're realizing the power of like, oh, this is something we should have put the, the resources into earlier. And it's interesting too, because there are so many resources out there that people are now either creating or finding. So as we're trying to do um, worship videos, you know, we're finding resources of other people who had made clips of videos that you can pop in. Um, but so many of those already created pieces are created for those types of churches that have that high tech. Um, so th they wouldn't easily fit into a church like ours that is uh, high liturgy, you know, that type of setting. You can't just drop in a real um, techie, real vibrant, real kind of upbeat video that's already been created. So you're really having to like sift through all what's out there to see what's going to work best for a smaller church. Yes. Yes. Though, though I, I want to echo you, Sarah, when, when I, I, I really do think this isn't just pushing churches in mainline old line churches into the 21st century. It may be what helps some of us survive. Um, if, if we're going to survive, because I think, you know, the churches I've served have so resisted, technology unless it helps the sound quality better because as the congregation's gotten older they can hear less and and they they want to be able to hear or they want 
uh, it to play in their hearing aid, and but they haven't wanted screens and they haven't wanted video and they haven't wanted this, and and all of a sudden we've gone. I mean, literally overnight from one week from one Sunday to the next, um, and and had to begin embracing uh, this technology, and and I've been surprised by how how a lot of our older folks are accessing us i mean they they are able to um click a link they they can do that and um and are pleased with what they're seeing and then they email to say thank you and and make comments and suggestions and i just i don't think we're ever going to go back we we we're never going to be comfortable again with just a standard you've got to be in the room if you want to be part of the worship experience and, and this is more than, you know, live streaming. It's, it's, it's really going to affect the product we're putting together or, or what we're going to be doing, even when we've got a sanctuary full of people. We're talking about a cultural shift here. Like right now, it's like, okay, you know, we've got these mediums, we've got these formats that like we have to use. We can't be meeting in person right now. But having tried something new, having lived for, you know, weeks on end and potentially longer than that, maybe months, I don't know that is doing something to us collectively in terms of like what we understand church to even like the possibility of what church is mm-hmm. and what worship together is. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that we're, the, the associate pastor and I've been talking about, we have a real need for another kind of worship experience. And, and as we've begun to have conversation about that, we know it's something that can't be on the weekend. And we were originally thinking, oh, we'll do something midweek. And, and now our shift, our, our thinking has continued to shift to think, maybe we're only going to create an online worship experience that, that goes after the niche we're working on. And, and if that's what's going to happen, wow, it's going to be a very different kind of service than, than we had even begun to, to, to rough out. And, and that's exciting. It's a little intimidating, but it's also exciting of, of what that might mean. I think one interesting thing here, and I'm, I'm going to try to not get up on a soapbox, but I've been seeing a big divide between churches that are, you know, churches, I'm, I'm thinking specifically churches that haven't done a lot with tech before. So churches that are just, we, we just got pushed into the deep end and are trying to figure things out. And some churches are trying to approximate the in-person service. So like really wide camera angles, um, as if they were talking to an entire congregation in the pews, right? That kind of thing. And then from, I mean, I, I think this is significantly better. There's my, there's my opinion. Churches that are like, you know what? Well, we're in a really different medium right now. I'm going to look at the camera and I'm going to utilize the intimacy that we have in this format. It's a really different kind of intimacy. Certainly can't give each other a hug or a, you know, a handshake, but, but we can see each other in such an up-close facial expression kind of way it's almost like instead of theater it's a movie that that type of thing and i I don't mean to like put in like a a layer of artifice but i just mean like in the sense of like how we are communicating to each other yes yes and and i wish i had a whole lot more drama training all of a sudden i I think it could be really helpful Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i I was talking with a performance i guess performance theory scholar uh, just just yesterday and she was pointing that out noticing how how different churches are are basically using performance theory in different ways, not necessarily that they're thinking through that. But she, as, a, as someone who knows this kind of theory, is like, oh yeah, here's, here's what's going on. Here's what I'm seeing. Well, she needs a new business. Uh, there's probably going to be a lot of church. <laughs> yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, a, there's some church advising, some church consulting. 
<laughs> Not a lot of money in it, but <laughs> a lot of spiritual joy. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what they always say. <laughs> Who needs to pay your rent when you can have spiritual joy? That's right. I live on the love of Jesus. Oh, oh my goodness. Let's talk okay. a little bit about the specifics of what we're doing right now as we're turning water in the deep and figuring out what we're doing. So uh, I run the children's ministry, children's and families ministry in the church, and um, it's it's been interesting for sure. Uh, all of my Sunday school plans were, you know, thrown out the window. So there you <laughs> go. All those plans I did um, are gone. But um, it's been really interesting to have to think kind of outside the box. Um, one thing I started doing relatively quickly after we got our stay-at-home order was um, to do a weekday 10 a.m. Facebook Live family devotion. It's very short, three to five minutes. Basically, I pick one of my uh, children's Bibles off the shelf that I love, and I read out of this out of the Bible, and then, you know, give some teaser questions for families. Um, it's very easy, very short. And I'll be honest, I didn't know how well it was going. I, on most days, had maybe one live viewer who, let's be honest, was Sarah. So, <laughs> you know, you say Sarah or your mom, right? You know, wasn't really sure how that was going, but actually right before we uh, sat down to record this, I checked my Facebook insights and was looking at it. And for a church of our size, I mean, in Sunday school, we average from two to 10 on a Sunday morning. So we're a small church. Um, but these family devotions that I've been doing daily have minimum had nine views maximum have had 27 views amazing video so even though they're not watching them live they are being seen which is kind of the point you know i set a time i was going to do these at 10 o'clock every day mostly for my own sanity <laughs> to keep me on a schedule so that i make sure that i get them done but with the understanding that you know some kids might be in class at that time. Who knows what's going on in people's homes? But the great thing about Facebook Live is you go live and then it's available afterwards. Mm -hmm. So yes, um, it's been really interesting because like I said, I really didn't think this was going well. And then just today saw, oh, wow, people are really watching oh, these. So <laughs> that's exciting. So that's one thing I'm doing. I also have taken something that I have been doing in the past and kind of revamping it a little bit. So I've done um, what we call at our church in a box church. Lots of churches call it takeout church, whatever, you know, you want to call it. But basically I do it seasonally. I do one for Advent, one for Lent and one for the summer. And I use a pizza box and I fill all sorts of activities and toys and games and a family devotional and all of that, that sets a family up to do church at home for whatever season that is. And, um, so basically I made Holy week in a bag and I delivered those out today. And what I did was I took my Sunday school activity that we were going to do as I already had the supplies on hand. Nice. Nice. I had planned to do this for Sunday school. So I took those supplies and just created a little booklet that families can go through. And basically they're doing what lots of people know is resurrection eggs. Um, I've tweaked it to fit our theology better. Um, so, you know, we've got very specific symbols that I wanted to make sure we hit and some that we left out. Um, but so each bag had that little activity in it. It had some candy because because coming candy. up on Easter, people <laughs> need candy. Even Jesus um, goes better with chocolate. <laughs> right. Yep. 
it had a, um, uh, Easter poster. So we use, I like to use the illustrated ministries, um, curriculum. Oh yeah. Lot. They have nice stuff. Yeah. They have really great stuff and they, their Easter stuff is really fun. So I chose a specific Easter poster and I printed those, had those printed up at office depot and included one of those in each bag with the instructions to, as a family, color your poster. And then on Easter, hang it in a front window or in your front yard or somewhere where the neighborhood can see oh, your fun. artwork. And then um, we just got <laughs> our bazillion palms that we had ordered that you couldn't cancel the order. So those came in and we thought, well, what are we going to do with these? So I put some palms in their bags and, you know, gave them instructions. Take a little video of your family waving their palms and post it on the church Facebook page. And the nice thing about this is like, you can like do all this, but it, like you're not like they can just take that bag and put it on their quarantine shelf, right? <laughs> you know, and it's still there and it's all there for Holy Week and it will have been, you know, right. however and many days it needs, you know, and it's in plenty of time. Yeah. It also gave me a great opportunity because again, we're in a small church and I can do this. Um, I have the ability to do this, but it gave me the opportunity to drive around today and hand deliver, hand deliver these, you know, as in I set it on their front porch and said, don't take it into the house for a couple hours, let it air out, you know. Um, but I got to physically see all but one family oh, that I dropped off to. I stood in their front That's yard. Super exciting. You know, parents and kids came out. We got to have a little chit chat about what was going on in their lives. And I think, you know, those families really appreciated. Oh, I bet that was the highlight for, especially for these kids that are so face to face time. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. it was, it was very lovely. It was a nice, um, again, another intimate moment that wasn't super intimate, but was just enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are, are our senses of what is intimate changing yeah. uh, because of this? I think it's like, you're like, you know, here we are recording and we can like see someone's kitchen. We can see someone's study. You can see like my like completely not put together be guest bedroom and like <laughs> my, I just finished gardening hair. I'm still wearing my gardening clothes. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it is nice just to see one another. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it is. And, um, be in conversation this way. Yeah. What are some things that y'all are doing at the church where you are, Bill? Um, we're, I'm at a larger congregation right now, and and so um, for for Holy Week services, you know, we really expect them uh, normally to be packed out pretty well for Palm Sunday, Easter, um, and and even for Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, I was told 125, 150 was a a regular number for those. Mm, yeah. So, so what we're trying to do with Monday Thursday is is to make that actually a more intimate experience, and and instead of just posting a video to our YouTube channel, because apparently we have one of those, we're going to invite people to join in uh, for Zoom services, um, and we're only going to invite we're only going to we're going to do signups. So we're going to do like ten minute services, um, and and do three or four an hour, and we're going to have only as many people sign up as we can fit on a screen. Oh, um, that's amazing. Because we want to, when we do communion, uh, another clergy colleague gave me the idea of you invite everybody to have something uh, solid and something liquid. And when it's time to uh, bless the elements, everybody will hold up their solid thing and break it um, and then hold up their liquid thing. And then we will 
receive communion so together. So I'm thinking like chocolate bunny and chocolate milk. I had a friend who tells jokes, serious jokes though, about her in college. They did Skittles and Coke communion. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so in I'm, other news, this is the this is the mainline in in a very progressive <laughs> part of the mainline. <laughs> but but you know not necessarily where I'm serving, and so we're going to try this and see how it works. I'm finding that as we do video services, we have to pay attention to attention span in ways oh, yeah. that we don't have to do on Sunday mornings. And so um, our, our, our tech person can track how long people are clicking in to the service in general or what parts of the service they're watching. Oh, and that's cool. so we're recognizing that, huh, we need to, to do, uh, you know, it can't be a sermon. It's got to be a homily or, or maybe even shorter. Um, we have to, we can't pray forever. We, we've got to think in terms of, of more concise musical pieces. And that's something I've been thinking about a lot where it's like, oh, you know, I can't do a five minute. No one, no one is there to listen to five minutes of music. If they were, they'd be on Spotify. That's right. That's not what they're there for. They'll, they'll be gone. And, and so, so as we're thinking about a a good Friday service, um, you know, we can't, I was going to do the tenebrae, put the candles out, do scripture, you know, get it dark, all those kind of things. That's not, that format's not going to work real well in video. So we're moving to a seven last words uh, order where, where the associate pastor and I can go back and forth on, you know, providing very brief, you know, two, two and a half minute meditations on, on each word and maybe a video of a candle being snuffed out um, while, um, you know, a verse of were you there plays underneath it or something that, that mm. lasts for 20 or 30 seconds between each reflection on a word. It's just going to be a very different kind of service um, from, from how I would think. Um, you know, it, it's not going to be the standard. We start at the beginning, we go to the end. It's, um, we, we've got to kind of place things where it's going to help keep people's attention. Some of this is like thinking about like, well, what even is the point of this? Like, oh, why yeah. are, why are we even having the service? What's I mean, the point? And, and I'm not even to the theological point. I mean, yeah. now it's just kind of, can we get viewers to, to, to back up and think through the theology of it? Ooh, that's, that's going to. Uh, be a fascinating exercise oh. when we're hopefully not in the midst of the crisis. Yeah, we hope this is going to be something we digest, I think, for years to come. I, uh, I know a lot of my Presbyterian yep. colleagues have been struggling with how do we do communion at home? And, and, and oh, I just can't justify that theologically. And, and it's the denomination has been the one providing saying, no, really, sir, oh, interesting. figure out a way to do that. L- invite people to, to, to bless things themselves at home because that's more important than, than whether we're theologically appropriate. And, 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 and I realize that people can get stuck there, but I don't think we have time to, to stop and ponder theology right now. We, we need to be about ministry, and, and maybe when there's some more time, we think about this stuff. And I think of this as like uh, the faith is what Christians are doing, and so what are Christians doing? Yes, yes. And my Armenian Orthodox neighbor from years ago, Armenian Orthodox priest, who would say, oh, a blessing is just uh, acknowledging something God's already doing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and 
friend. He said, and we, and then he goes, and we figured that out 1700 years Did ago. You, do you know that an Orthodox wedding service, which to tell all, all of our listeners, I'm actually Eastern Orthodox. I work in a mainline church, but I'm Orthodox. And so my wedding was Orthodox. And um, the, the service is not a wedding service as you would think of it. It's a blessing for what right. already is. To acknowledge what God has it's already, already It's already there. And yeah, it's a yeah. very different way of thinking about what even is a wedding service. And, and so I think, I think the theological conversation is going to have to get pushed off and, and not that it will be unimportant uh, at some point, but, but the more important piece is how do we offer the love of God and Jesus Christ mm-hmm. to God's people and to fellow disciples here and now? Yeah. Where is the Holy Spirit leading us right now? Yes. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and, and we can't be afraid to follow the spirit as terrifying or as uncomfortable as that may be. And I think something here is a little bit about the openness to failure. And one thing I, I kind of am, I don't know if the word enjoy is the right word, but I'm embracing in this time is that there's so much more openness for failure to try something. And I, I feel like there's so much more forgiveness from it for failure on the part of people in the congregation who in the past might've been kind of like, well, that didn't work. Rah, rah, that kind of thing. So, you know, you know, people can be like that. Um, and this is like, you know, people, <laughs> yeah, Bill's like, no, never, never. I've never known church people to be like this. Sarah. What are you <laughs> But I, I'm like, you know, I'm even thinking in terms of like throwing out ideas. Like I was kind of gung ho on like, oh, we should do like a daily Facebook devotional time. And then it turns out like most of the people who'd be part of that aren't even on Facebook. And it's like, okay, well, that's not going to work. <laughs> You know, and that, and that's okay. And it's like, it is, it's okay to like put these things out there and say like, well, what's going to work? What isn't going to work? Correct. And also being cognizant of, you know, we're thinking, how do we best do our ministry? But at the same time, the culture has changed so much that maybe our best ministry is to back off at some points, you know, Mm -hmm. in in children's ministry, people keep asking me, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And I keep saying, I'm doing small things so that I don't overwhelm parents who mm-hmm. are already super stressed out trying to work from home, trying to homeschool from home and trying to babysit at home. Yeah. They don't need me sending them, you know, 30 things a day of here's another fun activity you can do. They're oh, going yeah. to lose their brains. Yep. So yeah, I get, I get those texts from my son's school and it's just like, well, that's really nice that, that you think that I'm going to go have a picnic outside right now. I'm right. glad for the people who can do that. <laughs> Good for them. <laughs> Yep. Yep. So, so yeah, gracefully saying here are a few things for you if you need resources, but also we understand if you're busy and you can't. Yeah. Yeah. And so all those parents were excited to see you earlier today because besides the bag of curriculum, there was the bag of martinis for them. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to leave that part out. (laughs) Here's some limes. Wash them off with soap and I'll be good. And and I think that's right, that what we, the church, have thought was our place or our role is, is going to evolve a great deal. And, um, and, and what it means to be supporting people where they live and work um, and practice their faith each and every day is going to look very different than just, you know, come, come on Sunday to your spiritual gas station and we'll fill you up. Mm, so you yeah. can run for the next week. And, and, and that's a little disconcerting for those of us in this business uh, who, who, you know, our bread and butter has been that approach. Um, but I do want to echo what you're saying about um, it's okay to fail because we've got to keep trying 
things and, and certain things will work and certain things won't. Um, but, but when we try and fail, fail faithfully, good <laughs> phrase, yep. um, you know, God is still glorified and we learn things mm-hmm. and, and that's good. We grow. Ooh, yeah. yeah, I agree. We're just in one of those wonderful and strange times where I think we have permission to throw all sorts of things at the wall and see what sticks. Yep. Um, I keep saying to, to the staff as we're, we're trying to plan pieces, hey, let's try it. There is a lot of grace being given right now. People are just thrilled. We're trying to provide something to them. And if they don't like it, they'll let us know. Mm-hmm. But, but we won't know unless we experiment enough to, to push into some new areas what will be welcomed. Uh, and, and, and this and the spirit of what people are saying, at least that I've seen in terms of, oh, I didn't think this works so well, was like in the spirit of genuine feedback yes. and not in a mean spirited yes. kind of way, which is, yes. you know, different from how it sometimes is. And, and the, the, the email feedback I've been getting to services has been, it, it's been nicely positive, but even where there's, hey, have you thought about this? It's, it's offered in the most generous and gracious way. And, and I appreciate that because it, it provides an opportunity for conversation rather than let me smack you down for what I think you did wrong. Um, and, and then let me respond because I'm hurt and angry. So yeah, I, I, I think these days are offering us a lot, but to go back to your running downhill, we got to keep moving yeah. and, and moving fast if we're going to be able to take advantage of the opportunity that we're given. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who knows where we'll be in a month. That's right. Or in two weeks. Who knows? Who knows? Lord have mercy. <laughs> Upon all of us. Yes. Oh. So on that note, we have one read of the week. I, I feel a little bit, uh, not, not shame, but just like, wow, I'm in a really different space of life. Cause I'm normally like, I always read and I'm, and I, y'all, I am not reading very much right now. Like I've, I've had to return multiple books to the on, online. I can't return stuff to the in-person library, but I'm just like, yeah, I, I, I cannot, what is this paragraph thing of which you speak? I, I can't. <laughs> well, I've just gotten tired of watching the news because it's, I, you know, quite honestly, it's been a little depressing. Yeah, and it's scary. And I got to turn this off. I just can't keep feeding on this sea of, of bad news. And negative. I'm trying to stick to just one, one time a day or maybe two. And that's. Yeah. Yeah. And so I have been, I have been reading more. Yeah. And so what's your read of the week? So my read of the week is uh, the author is Louise Penny. Uh, and she is the author of the chief inspector Gamanche. I, if I'm saying that right, I don't know. They're, they're kind of French and it's set in uh, Quebec up in Canada, but the, the title of this book is a great reckoning. And, and I've really enjoyed, this is like the eighth or ninth book in the series. And she maybe has, 11 or 12 now, and they are well-written. They are, they, they, they hit me on my intellectual need, uh, but they also hit me on my spiritual need. And the, this, this book in particular, A Great Reckoning, is, is dealing with themes of grace and forgiveness and how, how the, the impact of brokenness and forgiveness stretches over generations and how it can shape lives in amazing ways, amazingly positive ways, and deeply destructive ways. Um, the, the absence of grace or the absence of forgiveness in response to brokenness. 
it was it was just kind of there as an undercurrent throughout the whole book. You you were aware that that there were deeper issues of of brokenness and 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 forgiveness going on. And then in the last four pages, she brought it all home. And it was just, whoa. Um, yeah. it, it was one of those books I finished and, and, and I said a little silent thank you to the author for, for helping me think in some new ways and, and for a sense of, of just how, you know, we talk about grace and, and, uh, and forgiveness a lot in church, um, but, but sometimes I think it, that's divorced from how powerful those acts can actually be. And, and this, is, this is fiction. This is a novel. It's not, uh, you know, real life. But I think it, 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 it lifts up a possibility of what these gifts can be to one another in real life. If you're struggling with, with the idea of grace or what it means to forgive somebody or what it means to be forgiven and, and how that, that can be a positive, or if you can't accept that or receive that, kind of some of the dark places it can go, uh, A Great Reckoning by Louise Penny. So thank you to Emily Stokes for joining us today. Yay, it's been great to have you. It's so exciting to have our first guest. Hey, <laughs> yeah, you, I don't think you knew that when you said yes, that you were the very first. No, exciting. Oh. So that is it for this week's installment of Getting to Nimble. And we have new episodes on the first and third Tuesdays of the month. We also have show notes at sarah-bereza.com, B-E-R-E-Z-A. And um, I have a lot of COVID-19 related resources up there, including uh, hymns that are public domain recordings that you can use. So if you're in a smaller church that doesn't have a lot of tech, there's some decent audio public domain that you can use. And of course, if you are enjoying this show, if you find this useful, please share it with um, your colleagues who you think would enjoy this show or find it um, beneficial for, for them, especially in this in this time where we're really having to learn a lot. We assume that you all have great ideas and you all are working on nimbleness as well. And, and we'd like to hear from you. We'd like to, what are you doing that's working? What have, what have you learned that isn't working in your situation? Uh, how is the Holy Spirit helping you along or pushing you along or, or dragging you, kicking and screaming along? But how's the Holy Spirit at work uh, in your your life and in your, your worship settings? I'm Sarah Barisa. And I'm Bill Smoots. Until next time, keep it nimble. And keep it legal.